0: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Good old Joe Biden, the president, keeps topping it. Now, we know that he loves ice cream. I can't remember. Maybe you guys can refresh my memory if it's strawberry or chocolate. But we know that he loves ice cream. I think it's chocolate, even though I like strawberry better. But for the record, I think he likes chocolate. So he always talks about his ice cream, how much he loves these things, how much he enjoys them. And remember, when there have been some pretty serious things that have happened, he has come out often and said... Remember, there was a, one of the terrible shootings that took place. I think it was the one in North Carolina. And the president comes out and everyone's saying, okay, he's going to make a statement about this horrible thing that's happened in the country. And he starts talking to the kids in the group and saying, hi, how's everybody doing? Hey, you got ice cream too? Isn't that great? It was this weird, odd disconnect. And then recently... He was walking and a reporter asked him in the last 48 hours, Hey, uh, what's your message to the people in Maui? Maui's been decimated. There are more than a hundred people who are dead and it's going to get sadly a lot higher. If you look at just how decimated, beautiful little Lahaina, which is this gorgeous town that I've been to many times in Maui. Well, that town is decimated. The people are desperate. They desperately need help. They're American citizens. And he's like, no comment. It was just the most bizarre thing. He does these weird things at the most inappropriate times and the weirdest times. And so now we have one that I think really, really takes the cake. Now, he was making remarks before his speech touting his one-year anniversary of the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, I'm not too sure why there were kids there. If you're talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, I don't think somehow (laughs) they needed to hear about his, quote, Inflation Reduction Act, even though it's really a climate, you know, windfall, if you will, act. It's not really an Inflation Reduction Act, but it's technically the one-year anniversary of his so-called bill. And then he says, you know what, Uh, before, I want to say something to the children, Take a listen to this. This is one of the most bizarre moments that we have heard. Take a listen. Here's the president of the United States
3: just a little bit ago. And I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. (laughs) And daddy owes you. Talk to me afterwards.
2: That is bizarre. I know some good ice cream places and daddy owes you. What do you think, you guys? I mean, this is the president of the United States. What a bizarre comment. And then earlier in the day, he was doing his whispering, saying, you know, it's a one-year anniversary of a Inflation Act. You know what that means? It was like, oh, my God. It was creepy. It is just these weird, inappropriate affects. And I think a lot of it has to do with his age and his mental condition, We have to be honest. If you see him in action, he is clearly degrading before our eyes. You see that he is faltering. He's making these weird comments. He keeps whispering. He keeps talking to kids. It's like it's just there's these bizarre, like strange things that like somebody who is dealing with a little bit of dementia and a little bit of, you know, obviously age degradation and you sort of just go, whoa, well, whoa, wait, 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 why is he saying this? Why is he doing that? And to make that comment at a time like this, it just seems downright bizarre. I want to play it again because I want to get your interpretation tonight. Why is he saying this tonight? Why would he be saying this when he's about to give a speech on what he essentially hails as his prime achievement? Now, take a Take a like a back step here, because he is saying that the economy is his biggest achievement, essentially, and like boy, what a great job he has done with the economy. Most people don't necessarily agree, and in fact, if you ask most people, uh they would say mm, it's in the thirties his basic approval rating on the economy because people are just saying it stinks, and if there are people are asking about inflation, how's he handled inflation in particular? It's like even lower. I think he has 37% on the economy, and that's his big you know, thing to, uh, to claim to fame, if you will. And then it's in the low 30s on how he's handling the inflation. I want to know who the low 30s are that actually think he's doing a good job. The average person in America is spending more than $700 more a year. I, I mean, this is the definition of insanity. And later on in this hour, we're also going to be talking about the migrants, because the price tag on the migrants for every migrant family, it's about $140,000 a year. So somehow we're all paying more money. We're cutting corners. Food is more. Gas is going up again. Uh, you look at, obviously, mortgage interest rates. All these things are going up. And yet more and more free stuff for the migrants. And there is so much going on in that. Uh, So what are your thoughts tonight as to why he is making this bizarre statement? Again, here's the scenario. There's kids there. He's at the White House. And he's, you know, sort of at his little podium position about to talk about the inflation, which, again, they're trying to use as the mantle, basically the base of his campaign. And then he starts making this downright creepy, creepy comment uh, I mean, it's just bizarre, and it goes after, remember even Langoria, he was kind of hugging her too long? And then remember there was that, like, young child who he was like, oh, I love you, Daddy loves you. or some, Remember that bizarre comment? And the mother was like, uh, could I have my kid back? I mean, there's all these weird, weird, creepy things. It's like, you know, when you go to, like, a, like an old-age home, and you're like, uh, stay away from the crazy guy in room four. You know, that's what we have in the White House right now. That's what we have at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So take a listen. And again, I want to hear why you think he is making these comments and they're more and more frequent. The number is 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is the president of the United States about to talk about the economy and saying something downright
3: creepy. And I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. <laughs> and Daddy owes you. Yeah? So talk to me afterwards. So talk to me afterwards. Daddy owes
2: you. That is a weird, bizarre comment. And I wonder, what is Xi Jinping thinking when he's watching from China? Going, God, that guy's lost a marble. What is, you know, uh, the president of North Korea, the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, what is he thinking? What is Rocket Man thinking? What is Putin thinking when they're watching that? It? it is just bizarre. 1-800-848-9222. one 800 let us go to Norm. On line three, Norm, uh, this was one of the creepier comments that I've heard. I, I actually thought I misheard it. The first time I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" When I saw it earlier, and I was like, "Oh boy, it's worse than I thought."
4: Yeah, Rita. Um, I we're all looking, to delving into why he's saying things, and uh, he's he he has a general creepiness about him, which has been his whole life from the time he's been a young man. Um, but uh, he, you know, he has Alzheimer's or dementia, and these things will not reverse themselves, and uh, that's why we, well, not specifically for that reason but for uh his corruption we have to impeach we have to call we have to call the house and uh contact republican uh congressmen and women and uh tell them we that we want him impeached this is the only, we he we have no choice and uh searching for answers uh, why he's uh why he's degrading uh I don't know. I, I expect expect more and more foolish comments from him, uh, you know, more foolish comments to come.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Norm, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Sal, line four. Sal, uh, your reaction to uh, Daddy Loves You?
5: Rita. I'm going to hit your rapid fire and then knock your socks off. I hope you're sitting down. One, Trump is being trumped up charges. He's not innocent of his debauchery, but he did a lot for the veterans, which I'm one. Two, two, Biden is completely out of his mind. And three, two American women, and I'm not a racist, two American women, 127, outside of Buffalo, were raped by two asylum seekers, and including the woman who was raped in front of a three-year-old girl, a three-year-old child traumatizing two people. Your worst fear about MS-13 burning hell came true, and it was on a uh, Dominic Carter show. Bottom line, they want to put the migrants, able-bodied men, Rita, at Fort Wadsworth, the oldest U.S. military still active in the United States. These men, I've seen them at the Salvation Army, the only one left on Staten Island. Able-bodied men, Central Latin, South America, and Arabic extremist Muslim some countries whose governments hate our guts, 20s, 30s, 40s, strapping, getting vouchers for clothing when the Salvation Army, Eric Adams, without tax dollars, bought the vouchers and Catholic Charity supplied them. And yet I've been calling for 13 weeks Salvation Army on Staten Island get vouchers for American veterans in wheelchairs, wearing rags, and they were turned down. They turned down the American veterans. And yet now they're looking to turn the American veterans out of the nursing home on Father Capodano Boulevard. God rest his soul, he died in Vietnam. But, by in the West way, Sal, Sal, Sal,
2: as you're talking about all this stuff, um, you're hitting a really important point because Fort Wadsworth uh, in there in Staten Island. And earlier today, I was talking to Vito Facella, who is the bureau is the borough president. Staten Island, uh, of course, one of the boroughs of Manhattan of uh, New York City. And Staten Island Borough President Vito Fasela was saying the exact same thing you were saying, that this is just outrageous, that that facility, uh, first off, there's a lot of military that live around there. And now what? Suddenly you're going to put a whole bunch of migrants in there. Second of all, that facility has been used for, like, charitable donations and events and different things. It's a park. And to your point, um, and Vito said this earlier, I thought this was just a, a travesty, just like you're talking about in your own experience, that he was saying how they were having a hard time getting money, uh, I believe it was from the city, uh, you know, from others, other officials, to help support veterans in need that desperately needed it. And somehow it was tight to find the money or they didn't get the money, either way, and then... Suddenly, they're spending what's going to be a whopping amount to put that facility. And what a slap in the face to take over, quote, a military facility when you don't have the money for the military to support them on some initiatives. And yet you suddenly find the money for the migrants. That, to me, is despicable and it is horrible. Uh, Sal, thank you so much. And we so appreciate your service. And everybody, after the break, we're going to be talking about the migrants, but also... Who's your daddy? You heard Joe Biden saying, you know what, Uh, daddy loves you and the ice cream. Let's play it one more time. And then I want to get your take after the break. Here it is.
3: I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. (laughs) And daddy owes you. (laughs) Talk to me afterwards.
2: That is creepy. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
0: This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show.
2: And by the way, coming up later on in this show, we'll also talk about the new date that Fulton County Fanny, as I think Tony last night dibbed her, which was a great line, Tony. I'm still in your line, but I am crediting you. Uh, well, Fulton County Fannie has come up with a new date for Trump's trial that should start in Georgia. That's him and uh, basically all of Atlanta, <laughs> 18 other defendants. Uh, and we'll fill you in on the timing. Uh No surprise uh where it's landing. Uh Boy, does it look transparent that politics is behind that. We're going to talk about that later on in the hour. Meantime, we are talking about creepy Joe Biden. And that's the only way I can describe it. Uh You know, Daddy loves you. Here's the ice cream. I'm going to play it one more time because it's just so kooky. Here he is at the White House, your president of the United States.
3: And I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. (laughs) And daddy owes you. Talk to me afterwards. Daddy owes
2: you 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Tony. Uh, Tony, since I think uh, I've been stealing your Fulton County fanny. So let's see what you got. Let's see what you got on Creepy Joe. Listen,
6: you know, Rita, you know how upset I got about how creepy he is over Memorial Day weekend, how we got his anger routine. And right now we're getting his, he's toying with us and playing stupid and, and senile routines. But I have to tell you that when I heard those words, a buzz went off in my ear. And this is what's happening. You know, James Comer recently said. Just a few days ago that he got in front and he said, we're going to be subpoena subpoenaing all of the Biden family, you see. And that's what stuck in my mind when he said, daddy owes you, because now they are all on notice that they will be subpoenaed. I don't know when. And everyone's kind of getting impatient with, um, of course, Congressman Comer. But this is what I remember. Comer is, uh, Congressman Comer is going to be, he said it just a few days ago, he's going to be subpoenaing the family. And when he said that he owes you, um, he was just toying the way he toys about everything, you know, when people ask him questions. The fact of the matter is, is I looked at the Harris polls and 53% of America now from their polls is saying they don't trust his his handling of our economy and inflation, okay. And I'll tell you another thing, and then I'll 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 say good evening and leave it to your other callers because I love them all, especially B J. and Taddy. But I do want to say that his binomics, you know what I call it, Biden colonic, he has tore <laughs> up this country.
2: Rita that's Cosby. good. That's good. He's flushing us all out. <laughs> blushing, us, blushing us all out.
6: So he knows
2: something's going down
6: with the family.
2: Yeah, you know what? That's You're right. Face. Maybe it's like code word for something, you know? Uh, see, Yeah, I, like I, hello. I just yeah. cool to say hello. Right, right. Sometimes. and th- But you know what's so weird, Tony? We are seeing this more and more often, and it, it's really scary. There's such a disconnect because it's at the most inappropriate times. Tony, thank you. You're terrific. Let's go real quick to Joe on line four. Uh, Joe, your thoughts?
4: Yeah, two thoughts, Rita. One is, you know how they say this is someone with their finger on the nuclear button. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, I mean, if anybody else said that in a context, a teacher giving a public speech, a minister Uh, another politician, that wouldn't ring too good. You know what I mean? People would know enough not to say something like that in the context of uh, of everything that's going on. I agree.
2: And that's why there's so many layers that are weird to this, Joe. Like, doesn't he realize, A, he's in the White House, he's the president of the United States, he's supposed to do an economic speech, you got what's going on in Hawaii, there's a lot of serious things to talk about, And he's saying, Daddy owes you? Whoa, he owes us all an apology. That's what he owes us.
0: The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a very uh, sad story, just reminding everybody of the risks and how difficult it is to be a police officer these days. This story coming from Alabama, where a police officer was thrown from a suspect's vehicle and run over during a traffic stop. Uh, The chief of police in Sylacauga, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Kelly Johnson, Provided the account of what happened, he said that it happened over the weekend, and the officer tried to conduct a traffic stop near an intersection. The officer tried to take the driver, a 43-year-old man, into custody, and the man resisted, and a struggle ensued. The arresting officer found himself inside of the vehicle that the guy was driving and the guy was able to get the vehicle into drive and started driving away at a very high rate of speed. The officer was thrown from the vehicle and run over. And the officer was taken to a nearby medical center with very much broken bones uh, to his left arm, elbow, ankle, and other places where the vehicle ran over him. Uh, He was treated And is said to be recuperating. He's going to be off the job, needless to say, for an extended period of time. Thank goodness he is going to eventually, they believe, be okay. Uh, The man, uh, also good news here, uh, he crashed into a tree and was taken into custody. Uh, He was charged with second-degree assault and first-degree possession of marijuana. So thank goodness at least they were able to arrest the man Uh, who had the audacity to also run over a police officer. But it just shows how even a routine traffic stop could be dangerous for our men and women in blue. And it's a powerful reminder of how important it is to appreciate them and the tough job that they do every day for all of us. Well, we have been talking about these really weird comments Coming from Joe Biden Uh, today, he's at the White House at this event and he does this. Daddy owes you to the kids when he's supposed to be talking about the economy. And there's so many problems going on, sadly, in the world. You think about Ukraine. You think about all the things in Maui. Those images are just so heartbreaking. It's bizarre. And it hearkened to another time that he said not that long ago. Remember, sadly, after that school shooting that took place in Nashville, Tennessee, where six kids were killed, and a gunman walked in, remember, an open fire. It was just, it was so sad and so heartbreaking. And then the president says, okay, I'm going to come and do a speech. And everybody thought, okay, he's going to come and, you know, try to bring the country together and say something about how terrible it is about the kids and all these other things. And then he comes out, and he starts laughing. Remember, it was just so weird. It's this emotional disconnect, and it's there's something clearly going on. Take a listen. Who could forget this moment? This happened not that long ago. Sadly, right after that shooting in Nashville.
3: My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. Uh,
2: no, we don't think you're kidding. Um, and that was March 27th. I mean, there's been these weird things. It's like, there's something going on. A- and I, maybe there's some experts out there on like psychology or, or dementia where there is clearly a synapse happening because he's saying all these really weird things about ice cream all the time. And they're always at some of the most inappropriate times. It truly is troubling. And it makes me think, what is the other, what's the world thinking? When they see all these other, you know, serious things that are going on and Putin, here he is with everything that's happening in Ukraine and look at what's happening around the world. And then here's our president laughing about ice cream. It is bizarre. And the statement tonight that he made about daddy loves you, it is just downright creepy. one 800 one let us go to John in North Carolina. Go ahead, John, your thoughts. Hello.
4: Um, Chairman Mao distributed pictures to everybody in China during his reign when he was established. And people ca- had to put them in their house, especially in the bedroom. And I read about this, and it looked like that Chairman Mao was looking down on you, you know, the sacred bed where you slept and did other things. And it was intrusive, but it was a way of control. So what's your point with this? Well, when is Biden gonna do it? When right. is Biden gonna distribute pictures of him? I mean he does all this other stuff, you know, why not so yeah. that we can all
2: That by the you way know, it would fit so we
4: can be gazed down upon.
2: But look, <laughs> by, by the way it point? would fit by the way, John, it would fit with all this kooky, crazy, wacky stuff. Um I think he would prefer uh, a picture of ice cream based on what he said tonight than a picture of himself. Uh, And I'm not even sure. You know, what's so scary, John. I'm not even sure that he realizes that he's at the White House, that he's the president of the United States. I mean, this is a man who I met Joe Biden, guys, uh, back in the 80s. You know, I remember meeting Joe Biden for the first time when I was in college. Um, And, you know, for a lot of his foibles, and there's a lot of them. Um, he was still always very sharp, and he is clearly degrading before our eyes and saying the most inappropriate, wacky, weird, bizarre things. Uh, let's go to John on line four. Uh, John, your thoughts.
5: Hi, Rita. How are you? How you doing? Good. What do you think? I think um, I want to ask the Democrats that are going to be voting for Biden if they would drive in the car with him in New York City at any time of the day or put their kids in the car with him. How about that? <laughs> and um, no way. Um, yeah. And Trump is Trump is also correct when they're saying they are saying there was tampering. What about the pre-stuffed um, ballot boxes? How do we know they weren't pre-stuffed? Who checked them? And what about the, 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 the papers that were mail in ballots and the fibers in the paper were never bent? They were all flat. What about those? How come nobody's talking about that?
2: Well, here's, John, first off, um, you know, an interesting point, and, and I don't know all the details about any of those things, but what I will share with you is Dershowitz made a really powerful point. He made the analogy saying that Trump has a right to question the election, to question uh, that he doesn't feel it was appropriate, that he doesn't feel it was done the right way. And he said just sort of like um, Dershowitz said when he was representing Al Gore in 2000, remember the whole thing was over hanging chads. Is it a hanging chad? Is it a half hanging chad? And he said, he, he said, I still believe that Al Gore won that election. So what are they going to do? Lock up Dershowitz? I mean, I mean, you know, whether it's correct or not, uh, almost may be irrelevant from this particular case. Um, And also the federal case, too, because Trump believed that it was correct. And you have a right to question uh, if the election was done appropriately. And he says he did it for America. He did it for American justice. And if you look at all these other people, you look at Hillary Clinton, you look at Stacey Abrams, all these other people who've said uh, that he's either illegitimate or that their elections were illegitimate. uh, How is that different? You know, and that's where it gets into some really sticky terrain, which is why I think this latest case – uh, is going to be tough for him. I really, really do. And, in fact, I want to play. Um, this is cut 19 because uh, this week has been certainly one a doozy. Um, there's some new news tonight from Fannie Willis, as Tony calls her, Fulton County Fannie from Fulton County, Georgia. And here, first off, here is when she announced uh the indictments. You could just see how happy she was and say, oh, they all have to surrender. So take
7: a listen that rather than abide abide by Georgia's legal process for election challenges, the defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election result. Subsequent to the indictment, as is the normal process in Georgia law, the, the grand jury issued arrest warrants for those who are charged. I am giving the defendants the opportunity to voluntarily surrender no later than noon on Friday, the 25th day of August, 2023.
2: So, Fulton County Fannie, some big details tonight, guys. Arizona is now saying Katie Hobbs, who's the governor of Arizona, that's the one who beat Carrie Lake, remember, in that election there. Well, she's coming out and saying, well, I might actually sue Donald Trump. Over the election in Arizona, what is it going to be like a free for all like every state, every different county? They're going to like, oh, he's going to have 5000 cases to go after? And here's the new news. This is stunning. And I should say, I'm not surprised based on the track record, because, of course, we heard Jack Smith saying that he wants his trial to be. Remember, January 2nd, that's what he is suggesting to the judge. Well, now Fulton County Fanny came out today just a few hours ago, and said she would like her case to start, guess this, what the, one of the biggest days on the election calendar in the presidential primary. You've got, of course, Iowa caucus, and then you have Nevada, South Carolina. You've got New Hampshire. Um, then you get into the big super Tuesday is like the big, big day, and that is that is uh, March 5th. So what does Fulton County Fannie say? She wants her trial to start, what a coincidence, March 4th, the day before Super Tuesday, which is like one of the biggest days on the election calendar. You can't make it up. You got Jack Smith saying, let's do it, you know, January 2nd, which is right before, of course, you know, uh, the Iowa caucus, which is January 15th. He has to be in court. It's a federal case. He has to be there in that case. And then you got Fulton County Fanny now saying it has to be the day before the Super Tuesday. I mean, if this is not transparent, I don't know what is. And then you just heard her saying, oh, they have to hand themselves in. They have to surrender for justice. Otherwise, the OK Corral is going to come after them. And that's Trump and the other defendants. And the date for that, what's the date for that? It's August 25th. And the first... Date first big debate is August 23rd next week. So isn't it interesting? It's like a day or two after these big, big events. So, I mean, this is just so obvious and so transparent, the politics of all of this. And they're liking us to believe that, like, uh, everything is fine with Joe Biden. Uh, They're going to try to keep him away from the microphone as much as possible. And they clearly want to keep Trump uh, away from campaigning as much as possible. This looks like that's the strategy for this election. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan on line four. Stan, your thoughts.
8: You know, I, I want to ask you a question. And, you know, I'm, I'm never, I never get mad with you because we end the conversation good. And what's wrong with you? Tonight. i mean what is this constant he says something and it's like disgusting
2: it is weird, stan, stan. It is not stan. weird. oh stan no, stan you make it disgusting oh, what stan. he's stan. saying you make it stan i didn't say that you did well it's it oh. coming out of your mouth oh, stan. i can't stan.
9: believe the, what
8: you're talking to
2: because them. you know why it is creepy and i i you've said perv so i'll use your words okay i said creepy because there's something weird and bizarre about it let's let me play it and then let me see if any right-minded person would agree with you, Stan. Here it is. Here he is again uh, today, your president, Stan, who you think is the greatest. Here you go.
3: And I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here.
2: <laughs> and
3: Daddy owes you. Okay? So talk to me afterwards.
2: So talk to him afterwards, Stan. Stan, that is the president of the United States. There's something bizarre and creepy. Creepy. Creepy.
8: Rita, they laughed, Rita. They laughed. Yeah, you know where they were? Wait a minute. Because they they
2: couldn't believe it was the president of the United States. Stan, if you think that that's normal, you want your president of the United States sitting there talking about, how about the time I played before? Let me play the time that here was this terrible moment. There was that disastrous, horrible shooting that took place in Nashville. It was in March, and everybody was just in mourning and stunned. The country was like, you know, I mean, it's gut-wrenching when these shootings happen. And what does he do? Here's what he does when he comes out to the White House and makes his big announcement. And you think he's, that everything's right upstairs with him? Take a listen, Stan.
3: My name is Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding.
2: Stan, your reaction. You you can't tell me that that's an appropriate oh, Rita, comment. You know, you're
8: pathetic tonight, Rita. You're pathetic. Here's I'm honest. And you Wait know what, Stan? Minute. Stan, you talk. know what, Stan?
2: No, you know what, Stan? I'm not, because to me, there is something so disgusting about hearing our president say there's something odd. And I use the word creepy because there's something weird about it. It is weird. It's inappropriate. You said perverted. I'll quote you, perverted. And so as we're dealing with all this, this is not normal for the president of the United States. It's not impressive. And and clearly, he is degrading before our eyes. But you won't admit it, Stan, because orange man bad and Biden is, you know, is a, a Rockefeller. You know, he's he's Shakespeare, Rockefeller, and Albert Einstein all in one. Go Nothing, ahead, Stan.
8: Oh, can I talk now? Thank yes, you. you sure may. Uh, Go okay. ahead. <laughs> Did you take your Tylenol like I took my aspirin? No, but I may need to after this call. Well, look, just a minute. Listen to me. Number one, they all left. They didn't fuck. If they found it disgusting, we go, oh. Because they were kids. They, they, laughed. Laughed. they were you kids. Know, what's the matter? And the real disgusting thing, you want to talk disgusting, is the first case, Trump with the woman who he harassed. That's disgusting, Rita. That's worse than that. He, all he did was say a joke about ice cream, and and they all laughed. If they thought it was a perverted statement, they would go, oh. Never well, heard you never
2: want to Stan, are you kidding me? You're at the White House. What do you think they're going to do? As uh, uh, call the uh, call the uh, guys in the straitjacket to take him away? You know, he's on the stage. They were probably like, huh, uh, 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 this is bizarre, and there were kids in the audience. That's who he was talking to, and he, this was supposed to be a speech about his economy. I mean, this wasn't like a, a ice cream day, National Ice Cream Day, that I could understand. I wouldn't even think that statement's appropriate for National Ice Cream Day. That's National Creepy Day. But it it just, it is bizarre. But Stan, I love you anyway. I love it.
8: Rita. Go ahead, Stan. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Let's take a deep breath and go, ah, okay. Listen, as you just said, kids are in the audience. Uh, He was talking to the kids. I didn't find anything disgusting or weird about it. I mean, you just said it. The kids were in the audience. The parents were there. He talked very nicely. an ice cream. I like ice cream. Julia. <laughs> so what? I mean, he's not taking these kids Stan. in the back room like <laughs> Donald Trump might do.
2: Oh, my, oh, Stan, that is so inappropriate. Stan, first off, you have a really good sense of humor tonight. And that's why I love you. Anyway, we'll continue your calls. Bye, Stan. Love you too. Wow. 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 I do need Tylenol after that one. 1-800-848-9222. The
0: Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: This is The Rita Cosby Show.
2: And by the way, in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we will talk about the migrant crisis in New York. Big protest tonight. Also, things are so bad for police across this country that an entire police force in one town in America just resigned uh, because they said the pay is so low and the morale is so low. That is tragic. And we're going to talk about that. And of course... Talk about President Trump and all these new details. Meantime, you just heard Stan uh, say that, uh, boy, Joe Biden is the smartest, most coherent man he knows, essentially. And it's not National Ice Cream Day, Stan. Take a listen. This is downright creepy and, in your words, perverted.
3: And I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. (laughs) And Daddy owes you. So talk to me afterwards.
2: That is just weird. It's the president of the United States. It's odd. It's weird. It's creepy. That's the word I used before. And Stan, I stand by it. one 800 let us go to Pete, line two. Pete, your thoughts.
6: Hi, Rita. First of all, for Stan, the message is, I decided besides some six bullets for Trump that I would take, a Tomahawk missile, I would go that far. Now, the second wow, thing you is, are
2: Wow, you are a diehard supporter of Trump.
6: <laughs> that's right. Now, out in Staten Island at that home there that was the protest for, my cousin Joseph, who was uh, disabled, was there for like about 10 years, loved it, was dancing and everything, and happy as, uh, as could be. They jacked up the price, and the us family members, we got together, and we said— will contribute to it. And then they told him it was going to be, uh, you know, they were going to uh, re- re- redo it, you know, fix it up. And he had to move out. And now he's out of there. He loved
8: it so much. And now, is this the location this with the
2: migrants? Is this where you're talking about That's with the migrants? Ah, right. uh, you know, Pete, That's it, right. they know Pete, about it is They're shocking. Um, and, and just so everybody knows, it's in Staten Island, New York. And it is now being retrofitted. I guess, you know, they basically closed it down, essentially, and moved everybody out. And then soon after, now suddenly all these migrants um, are planning to move in. I mean, this is, you know, Pete, they are, there are so many locations in this city. It is so unbelievably overwhelming. And and it breaks my heart to hear what you just said about your uncle. Wow, 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 wow. That is just, that is a scary situation, Pete. Uh, let's go real quick to David, line seven. Um, David, your thoughts about uh, Stan, Ted, and ice cream.
10: Hey, uh, uh, Rita, I have to modify my comment a little bit. <laughs> I'm few calls behind Stan, who flew right over the target and dropped a moron bomb. Those people laughing and ha <laughs> uh, just is disturbing. It's very disturbing.
2: Yeah, I'll say a lot of the things that he says... Are very disturbing. And you're right. Why are they laughing? I think some of them were kids. And they were probably like, is this the president? Is it ice cream day?
0: The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
0: I know know
2: We are definitely talking about Biden's bizarre comments at the White House. Meantime, get a load of this politically charged timetable that President Trump now may have to adhere to. We'll see what happens because there's all these cases that he's juggling. You know, he's juggling the New York case with Alvin Bragg. He, of course, has the classified documents case in Florida he also has the elections case, the other one with Jack Smith that is in D.C., and now we have Fulton County Fannie in Georgia. So you've got these four cases that he's juggling in the timetable in the middle of all of this. And now the Georgia D.A., the Fulton County D.A., comes out with the ideal timetable that she would like to see the case. Now, first of all, this is completely nuts. Uh It is Trump and it's 18 others. I mean... Can you imagine how many of you can agree with 18 other people on timetables? You can't even figure out if you can meet for breakfast, what time works with you and 18 other people. And you're going to try to figure out everybody and their attorneys and schedules and the arguments that each one will have, which will be different. There is just no way. And so now she came out the other day and said, yeah, well, I hope uh, that essentially it could be tried in about six months. And was like, are you kidding me? Uh, There's no way that 19 people, including the former president of the United States, while he is campaigning in the thick of the presidential season, is going to be able to do that. That's just totally unrealistic. But she doesn't care. So now, just a little bit ago, she comes out announcing the trial date is, again, March 4th is the proposed date. You know that they're going to object to it tooth and nail. But she is actually trying to push this through, and it is the day before the key Super Tuesday primary, which is all the big, big, big primaries. I mean, this is one of, like, it's in the throes of all the elections and everything else. There is just no way. It is crazy. That's the day that's huge, especially for the Republican Party, of course, this year, especially if it's in the middle of a heated race. The you know nomination may not be decided by then. And that's where it's Alabama, it's Arkansas, uh, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. That is when they all hold their nominating contests. I mean, that is the craziest thing. And to say, we're going to do it the day before. And also expect that he would be in court every single day. That is just ridiculous. And it shows how politically charged this case is. And here is Jonathan Turley, who makes a point. Here she sat on her butt, basically, for two years. She's tacking on to the federal case. And, gosh, he has to pick, like, one of the busiest days on the election season. Could this be a form of trying to block President Trump from running to make it so difficult for him? What do you say? Election interference? I mean, this is at its at its height. Here is Jonathan Turley.
10: It is clearly going to run into problems. I'm speaking as a criminal defense attorney that it, this schedule is really grossly unfair uh, to Donald Trump. I mean, what she is suggesting is put 19 people, 19 people on trial. Uh, and this is going to be this massive production. And she's going to do it in this rather short period of time. Now, the defense has to go through what are effectively three grand juries, three years of investigation. There's 19 defendants that may have conflicts. There's going to be a flurry of motions. There's going to be constitutional questions raised. And the question is, why this mad rush? Why is everyone not just piling on indictments but jamming together these trials, daisy-chaining them? Uh, from Super Tuesday to virtually the inauguration, if you count these the civil cases as well. So there's just no way. As you can
2: tell, it is just absolutely ludicrous. And in the middle of all this, Mark Meadows, who is President Trump's former chief of staff, he's one of the other guys who is listed in this indictment. Remember, it's Trump and 18 others Well, now he is pushing to try to get the case in federal court, which is where I think this case should be. It shouldn't be in some local Fulton County District Attorney's office. It's just going to open the floodgates to across the country that every local DA thinks they could get some uh, airtime and go after President Trump. So they are pushing Mark Meadows and probably others will follow suit to try to bring the whole case to federal court. I think ultimately it's going to end up clearly in federal court. It might end up in federal court right away because there's clearly some issues that actually have overreaching when it's the president of the United States. Most of these allegations happened when he was in the White House. And also, by the way, Mark Meadows, his chief of staff, was his direct person there in the White House. So you could contend this is all where they were in the federal government. If if you start opening the door and saying, well, these people who win the federal government while they're in federal capacity, that they could get sued. This is a dangerous place to be in America. And if you're going to go after attorneys for the president like they are with Rudy Giuliani and others, that's a dangerous place too. like that. What their advice, if it's a novel approach that that can't be used, it only has to be an approach that others agree with that it can't be an orthodox idea or, or something random or whatever, that they were just trying something to defend him, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is just, we are heading into some really dangerous territory. And here is what Jonathan Turley actually had to say. He said that this DA in Fulton County threw so much stuff, so much in this ballot. It is, and, and this indictment, it is so overstuffed, this indictment. With so many things that President Trump did while he was in office, a tweet he did, a phone call he did, all of these things added up to these different counts and all these other things against him. And she says, boy, it is just, you know, essentially, uh, let's throw everything at him but the kitchen sink. And Jonathan Turley says because it's, quote, overstuffed, and it includes things when he was in office, that could force this case to get pulled out of her hands And go to federal court, which could be more favorable to Trump. Take a listen. Here's Turley.
10: We're living in uncertain and interesting times, which itself is a curse. You know, the uh, there are issues here that President Trump will raise. Some of these actions occurred uh, when he was president. Uh, some of the conversations that are cited occurred in the Oval Office. Some occurred with his associates. In some ways, Willis may have uh, really tripped the wire here. You know, I call this sort of the Jackson Pollock School of Prosecution. She threw everything against the canvas and looked to see if a picture emerged. You know, so this is all one big conspiracy, every tweet, every speech that we cite, well, by doing that, she also tripped wires with regards to his time as president. And that has created this question of whether it could be removed. So she may, by being overzealous, cause the case
2: to get pulled out of her hands and end up in federal court. By the way, here's another update. Uh, the Georgia court clerk, this is the Fulton County clerk, uh, came out today. Remember that uh, indictment showed up. Remember on the website hours before the jury actually voted on them. And it was like, wait a minute, how is there a list of 13 counts that were being brought against President Trump? That just doesn't make any sense. How did it show up, those exact counts and the guilty and all this stuff? It, it's odd and obviously questionable. And it shows that it was basically a rubber stamp when it went into the jury. I, and she was rushing it because she was having them stay late that night, have everybody stay. She knew they were going to probably come back quick. I mean, there's so many questions about all this. Well, now the court clerk there is coming out and saying uh, she just made a mistake. I am only human um, that she accidentally posted on the court's website. It was around noon. Remember, the decision didn't come back till the wee hours late that night. Um, and then she took it down. And of course, Reuters and others published the documents, but she said, um, I'm only human. It was just a mistake, basically. Well, earlier when she was asked on Monday, she said, Oh, it's fictitious. That's not true. So she's got to get her story straight as well. But now to use, Oh, I'm, I'm only human. Do you believe that it was just some innocent mistake? And she clearly then we know the D.A. rushed the case, even rushed witnesses in. Some of them didn't get to testify that we expecting to testify. I mean, for all of these reasons, boy, does it look fishy. And, of course, who could forget when Fannie, Fulton County Fannie, was asked about that leaked indictment. Remember, hours before the jury even voted on it? Uh, boy, the fix was in. And reporters asked her about it on Monday night. And here's what she said on Monday night. Take a listen.
10: There was earlier today there was a fictitious document according to the Fulton County of Office that was circulated online with charges against former President Donald Trump. Those, that fictitious document uh, matched exactly the charges that we now see in this indictment. Can you tell us more about that document, Lee? Uh Because now you have the former President's lawyers who are saying this is emblematic of a serious problem. With
7: your office. No, I can't tell you anything about um what you refer to. What I can tell you is that we had a grand jury here in Fulton County. They deliberated till almost eight o'clock, if not right after eight o'clock, an indictment was returned. It was true bill, and you now have an indictment. Um I am not an expert on clerks duties um or even administrative duties. I wouldn't know how to work that system and so I'm not gonna speculate. Next question
2: Not speculate, like not even wonder what happened. Boy, is that a bunch of hogwash. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. Line 7. BJ, a lot at you, but I know you can handle it all. Go ahead.
11: Take a load off, Fanny. Take a load for free. (laughs) Take a load off, Fanny, and put the load right on me. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve of this message.
2: Oh, that's great. That's great, (laughs) BJ. You always come with some good zingers, my friend.
11: But, you know, I tell you, I didn't call about that, you know, but the word find is a very interesting word. So Donald Trump said, find me 11,000 votes. The 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 definition of the word find is to locate that which is lost or that which is not found. But you can't use a, a you know, the word to define another word. It didn't mean manufacture. It didn't mean steal. It didn't mean dump them in a Zuckerberg box it didn't mean uh mail them in uh 2 weeks after the election day it meant find them they are not uh available they are not uh, where they're supposed to be and and i think that's the really the crux of the case uh, in my humble opinion i'm not a lawyer of course but getting back to and pop- and, and,
2: and bj i think that was the crux of the case and maybe um fanny get the load on me decided that, realized that it wasn't maybe a strong enough case that maybe people who understand English understand what the word fine means, and it, and it could mean a lot of things like we're talking about. And she said, well, maybe I should tack a couple other things on just to be safe. And as you just heard from Jonathan Turley, who I think is, is incredibly astute on these things, he thinks it was such an overreach that now she went back into all these things that he did when he was in office And you can't go after the president for what he did when he was in office. You know, that's why it gets murky.
11: She's in way over her head. She's. I'm gonna. I'm telling you right now. These Democrats are gonna be so angry when Joe, Biden, when when Donald Trump gets elected in 2024. They are gonna go. They're gonna be like that. Uh, you know, uh, cartoon uh, drat, drat, double drat. They are gonna be so upset because all of this stuff, all of their efforts to foil Donald Trump, are just gonna go away. Uh, and and they're going to be for naught. They could have been using this time these past four whatever many years to strengthen our company our country to build uh, alliances to get things done that the country needed to reinforce the border to uh help rebuild our cities after covid. Nope. They decided to we're going to put all our eggs in this get Trump basket and now all their eggs are winding up broken. So I don't feel bad for them uh but I find it very ironic that Stan and Joe Biden are uh apparently go to the went to the same uh uh speed dating school you know that they think it's okay uh to uh, talk to young women like this by, by the way, this guy, you know, these guys are really rude to you. Uh, I know he's pointed <laughs> out to you, but they're really, I don't know. You know, I never, uh, like, you know, I call up and, 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 and you, you're you very nice to me and you give me time. Sometimes, you know, you can't d- do everything for everybody. But, you know, that's the difference between a conservative. Like, you give me 30 seconds, I can get right to it. I say thank you for the opportunity. You know, this guy wants more and more. He wants his own show, this guy. the other The other guy, you, you know, then they yell and scream. They talk over you. Well, you uh, and B- I never BJ, do that. BJ,
2: and by the way, you are always so kind. I agree. And you know what it is? Um I, I guess um the good news is we don't we don't have to live with them, you know, because we just have Thank to listen God to it. Can you imagine what it's like uh, at a family reunion <laughs> with that guy? <laughs>
8: Grandma! Oh, rah, man. Wait,
2: wait a minute, Grandma, we gotta talk! Rah, you know? Oh my God. Can you imagine? At least we just gotta hear. But I always, I always say this, BJ. I appreciate hearing from everybody. Uh, Stan always, Stan at the end said he loved me. So, so, uh, all's fair and, and love and war. So that's okay. And I enjoy a little spunk. I like people who stand up for what they believe in, even if I don't agree with them. And I do think President Biden was a pervert tonight with his words, but regardless of that, uh, but I always appreciate hearing from everybody. Uh BJ, you're terrific. And thank you for being always such a gentleman. I appreciate it. We're going to come back with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: This is The Rita Cosby Show.
2: And coming up on the show, we're going to also talk about the migrant crisis that is taking over New York City and really almost every single city across this country. A uh, big protest tonight, especially in Queens, New York, uh, where a new migrant shelter just popped up recently, uh, basically for 1,000 single adult male migrants. Uh, and it's on the grounds of Creedmoor Psychiatric Center in Queens. What could go wrong there? Uh Psychiatric center, and then you got uh, migrants there, single adult men. Um And then there's also another one on Randall's Island, which is in Manhattan. That's with 2,000 beds. And people in communities now that are right near there are saying enough. They are fed up, and I want to know what took them so long. Uh, and also, I would like to see some Democratic leaders in New York City and other cities across this country say to the White House, enough, close the border. So we're going to talk about that. And, of course, Trump and Biden's weird, weird uh, liking to ice cream. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. let us go to Alex, line seven. Alex in Brooklyn, your thoughts, Alex? Hey
12: Rita, thanks for taking the call. You know, Stan got it wrong again. Uh, the thing is, at least he's consistent. By the way,
2: he's consistent. Yeah. I'll give him that.
12: No, I, I like that. I like that. I, I at least when you know if you hire him, you know exactly what, <laughs> right. he, what he's full of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if this was like President Trump or President Clinton or President Obama, and they said it, I'd find it extremely weird. But it, you know, it'd be okay. You know, maybe they you know messed up their words a little bit, especially with the thing he said at the. You know, your dad will let you – that I would have found even worse. But this is a president that has a history of sniffing children's here and, you know, doing immoral things with children and making that horrible comments about it. So, you know, he is not he- – He's not a morally good person, and so if he has a history of this, you got to put the dots together and know what he was talking about. So I think Stan should take some hot chili and hopefully awaken senses because this does not smell good. This president stinks, and you know he said he was proud of Hunter right you know why he's proud of him because hunter accomplished all the desires that joe biden has if you look at the laptop you see that and you know by the way Rita, ice cream consumption in this country is down i think like 60 percent or something i saw a number maybe because joe biden likes ice cream when people take a scoop of it they think of him
2: that's a good point you're right and now uh chocolate and strawberry will never look the same again all i'm gonna be thinking about is daddy loves you
0: the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And in tonight's Support Our hero segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a very powerful story coming from Holiday, Florida, where four Vietnam War veterans with eight Purple Hearts among them received well-deserved appreciation from a grateful crowd in celebration of National Purple Heart Recognition Day, which took place this month on August 7th. A local VFW post honored a series of different veterans there. And the Purple Hearts, by the way, were awarded to service members who receive wounds serious enough to require medical attention at the time as a direct or indirect result of enemy actions. George Washington recognized such soldiers with what, which, what was then the badge of merit. Back in 1782, Congress established National Purple Heart Recognition Day in the year 2000. And also the presentations were made by retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Jerry Custin, who is an aide to U.S. Congressman, my friend Gus Bilirakis, who is a member uh, of the Auxiliary. By the way, his father, Michael Bilirakis, also served in Congress and is a member of the Holiday Florida VFW Post. So how beautiful. And Gus is a huge, huge patriot. First of all, bravo, of course, uh, to him and everybody organizing this event. And, of course, to the four Vietnam War veterans. How amazing that they have eight Purple Hearts, and to be able to recognize them on National Purple Heart Recognition Day. Such an important day. We love you. We appreciate you, Vietnam Vets, and welcome home. And especially love you and love Your families. Well, we are talking about migrants. One of the things that has been just getting everybody so frustrated. Uh, we were just talking Pete, who called in earlier, talked about the fact that on Staten Island, uh, they are looking at Fort Wadsworth, which is basically a military facility now sort of turned into a park. Uh, but it has been, you know, essentially used for many, many years over the years for military events. Um, at a time where money is tight for American citizens. I think about what's going on in Maui. Boy, they deserve a lot of money. Uh, anything that they could get to be able to help them, to facilitate them. Uh, they need so much. And yet everything seems to be in New York City about paying for the migrants. And we've seen recent stories of late of a number of migrants coming out and saying, boy, uh, the location is really nice. Uh, we're getting free this. We're getting free that. Uh, we're really enjoying the great food that we're seeing. Uh, we're enjoying the free phones. Mom and dad, come on over, bring Johnny and everybody else. This is a great place. Uh, and you go, wait a minute. This just doesn't seem right. Uh, it is costing each migrant about $10,000 a month to take care of them. That's an enormous price tag. And Eric Adams came out this week and essentially said it's going to cost about you know, several billions, billions with a B, dollars by the end of next year. And that they've already taken care of more than a 100,000 migrants. I would love to see Democratic leaders, whether it's in New York or any other city, standing up to the White House, not only a couple things. Turn the buses around. Don't sit there and greet them and shake their hand and give them the free food and the free champagne. Turn them around to prove a point to the White House and say, Bring the buses back to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Bring them back to the Naval Observatory where Kamala Harris is. You know, I mean, obviously you want to make sure they're taken care of these people came. You don't want to make sure that they've got food and other things. But send them back to Washington, D.C., and let's see how President Biden handles taking care of them. I mean, this is just crazy. Uh, so I'm hearing New York Leaders, of course, speaking out, they're saying things, they're frustrated, but you want to hear a lot, lot more than just complaining about the money and saying we need more money. That doesn't solve the problem. They're going to keep on coming. The more money you have, the more facilities you have, the more the open border is, they're just going to keep on coming. And so tonight, uh, there was a big, big protest that took place uh, at uh, Creedmoor. This is the psychiatric facility, and this is a location where there's been a lot of people complaining uh, because, again, they're putting 1,000 single adult males in tents. They opened it up a day early despite all the frustration, all the people that are angry in that location saying, we don't want this in our neighborhood. Uh, do you think that that could be a problem having single adult males, a 1,000 of them, there in the smack middle of all that? There's not a lot of transportation in that area. I mean, there's just so many issues. And it's the location of a psychiatric facility. So this recently, this is an angry resident in Queens, New York, uh, who last week was confronting New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Take a listen to this exchange.
7: Mr. Mayor, what about Rutgers Island?
2: There are abandoned
3: buildings there. They could house 20,000, 30,000.
5: But not at Creedmoor, not in our neighborhood. We're going to destroy event, our neighborhoods. Our events, yeah, we're yes. going to destroy the property values. We're going to, there's going to be crime. There's going to be drug taking. We time, don't know folks, what's going
2: Yeah, the residents were like, uh, this is not a good thing. You know, I mean, th- this is just, we are in like Lulu, la la land. This is just crazy. And so WABC radio host Curtis Lewa, founder of the Guardian Angels, uh, well, he got arrested tonight at Creedmoor. We were talking with him earlier today. I think it's his 78th arrest. Uh, so he's a veteran of this, but he is so passionate and so angry about the migrants. They are coming into that facility, as many people are in the neighborhood. He's big into safety. Uh, so here's what he uh, here's some of the sound as he's getting arrested just a few hours ago
5: with the sidewalk please the New York City Police Department you take one second Curtis! Curtis! Curtis.
2: It was quite a scene and there were so many people out there angry, frustrated. And yet again, where is the Democratic leadership? You know, they're talking about more money. There's a, there's a kind of a a war of words going on, if you will, between the mayor and the governor. Uh, there was a letter that came out that said, well, essentially that the city isn't taking advantage of all the state property offered. Again, where are the Democratic leaders saying, Close the border, Mr. President. Stop them from coming. Turn the buses around, as opposed to we need more money so we can have more migrant cities. Are we going to have just as many migrant cities as hotels in New York soon? I I, I wouldn't be surprised. They've taken over 50 percent of the hotel rooms. This is nuts, and it is an endless stream. And here is the new deputy mayor, uh, Fabian Levy, talking about the migrant situation and the numbers that have come to New York.
7: As of this past Sunday, more than 100,000 asylum seekers have entered our city and asked for care since last spring. More than 101,200 men, women, and children have come to New York City seeking a better life and needing our help to get there. To put that in perspective, this population is larger than the entire city of Albany.
2: Bigger than Albany. Think about that. Over 100. It's 101,000 that have come through New York City. Of course, they want to go to New York City. And guess what? They have been uh, trying to be busted. a few of them, up to Erie County. There were two sexual assaults in Erie County. So Erie County said, no, 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 we don't want them anymore. So Erie County doesn't want to accept them. Other counties around Manhattan don't want to accept them. Other areas are saying, no, 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 no. you, New York City, have to take care of them. So we need some leadership where they basically say, okay, we're going to send them back to President Biden. What about sending them back to their home country? What about pleading with the president to plug the border? Because otherwise, it is going to have to have an endless flow of money, and New York City is busting at the seams and so many other cities. And, in fact, the governor of Massachusetts not that long ago Uh, said, migrants are great, but we're now declaring a state of emergency. They have 20,000 migrants there. Take a listen to what the governor said when they made that announcement. Massachusetts has met these families with compassion and
6: resourcefulness. We remain unwavering in our commitment to being a state and a people of compassion, safety opportunity and respect. But the increased level of demand is not slowing down. And due to both a long-standing shortage of affordable housing, as well as delays and barriers to federal work authorizations, we find ourselves in this situation. And it's unsustainable. For this reason, today I am declaring a state of emergency in Massachusetts.
2: All right. So why don't you say Mr. President, I am begging you to close the border. This is what you should have said years ago. As soon as the president took office, you should have said, this is going to come to a neighborhood near us and every state is going to be a border state. As opposed to saying, we need more money and this is unsustainable, but not going to the root cause. Send them to the border czar's house. That's the Naval Observatory. That's the Vice President's House in Washington, D.C. That's where you need to send them. Send them in front of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I mean, this is just nuts. And to sit there and beg for money and be angry when you don't get money, I agree the federal government should be helping, but the federal government could do the best help by closing the border and by sending everybody back, vetting them, and those who have true asylum claims, that's different. But if you're not vetting them and you're just letting them roam free and you're giving them free everything, where does this end? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave on line one. Dave, your thoughts.
9: Hi, Aria. Thanks for taking my call. Well, first off, uh, Eric Adams is not going to do anything different. In fact, he is following the national Democratic Party puppet leaders' uh, orders. They want this to happen. They want to create a a crisis like this to compel the general public to ask the Democratic Party and all politicians to bail this out and provide funding to support them. And then basically they get them all uh, matriculated into the society on on safety net provisions and eventually make them into dependent Democratic voters. And you know the. That, you're is, right.
2: That's
9: the plan. That is the plan. Well, let me ask. Let me just say one more thing. The funding for the long-term uh, policy, or uh, what they're planning is, there's a forty trillion dollar cash cachet that's out there. And in the long run, if they get what they want, it's called retirement accounts. They're going to be they're going to be using social justice warrior policies to redistribute that to fund this in the long run, to empower them. The, <laughs> that's the game plan. If you put your leftist thinking cap on, that's exactly what they're up to. That is
2: a scary premise. Dave, thank you. What a very interesting call, and I wouldn't put anything past them. I mean, why else? Why on God's green earth would you, as president of the United States, say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to keep the border open when we have all these reports. And, And sadly, what we heard in Erie County about these two sexual assaults on hotel workers, You know what? Uh, That's not a surprise. I hate to say you didn't vet the people. What do you expect? I mean, it's definitely going to happen, you know, just by the numbers. There is no surprise about that whatsoever. Uh, Let's go to Alex, uh, line three. Alex, your thoughts?
12: I think you're taking my call. One thing I think a lot of
4: people have overlooked is that out of control, massive immigration from Latin America will change our voting demographic, and that ultimately will change our foreign policy. So it looks like the foreign policy of, say, Brazil or Argentina or Mexico. And I can tell you there's one big difference between their foreign policy, Hispanic foreign policy, and Western foreign policy. 100% of all Hispanic nations refuse to apply economic sanctions against Russia and also refuse to apply – to give military aid to Ukraine. All of Ukraine's support comes from the West. If Putin had waited until 2045 when the United States becomes a Hispanic nation to invade Ukraine, he probably could take it without any consequence because the United States as a Hispanic nation will not intervene.
2: That, you know, you bring up a fascinating point, Alex, that it it changes the mindset and the values of individuals. Um, And I think, first of all, obviously 2045 is a ways away Uh, and, uh, you know, with Joe Biden and his ice cream comments and everything else, uh, you know, we just want to make it a Friday. I'm telling you with, with his crazy things. Um, but I agree with you that, um, that you're right. It changes the makeup. Um, and also most importantly, you want to have people that come to this country and there are people, I don't blame the migrants who are coming here. Um, you know, America is a great country. They want to come here, but you're right. It does change the complexity of certain values on policy on so many things. And especially if suddenly this president says at the snap of a finger, uh, well, uh, we're going to make them uh, legal. We're going to make them able to vote. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Uh, I see this coming. I see him saying, I'm going to close the border now that I've brought in millions upon millions of unvetted people, but those millions and millions of unvetted people basically will be legal i think is what they're going to try to do uh and so uh those values that you talk about may come sooner than 2045 uh who knows alex what it's a fascinating point about the repercussions 1-800-848-9222 and we'll continue your calls after the break
0: the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network
1: The Cosby Show.
2: Well, residents in New York and elsewhere are fit to be tied. They are frustrated about all these new migrant shelters that are popping up and also reports that elderly are being moved, that facilities suddenly got closed down for elderly. And then the next thing you know, then migrants are in there. Also, veterans, a space where they could have used it for something else. And then suddenly uh, it's being used as a migrant facility for thousands. And all we hear from Democratic leaders is send us more money, Mr. President, and we need more money. How about we need a closed border? Uh, don't you think when you say that you're a sanctuary city and everybody's welcome, come on in? I don't blame them. I'd say, yeah, that's pretty good. I'd want to come to New York, too and they're trying to send some of them to upstate New York, guess what happens? Only a few qualify and only a few want to. Uh, I just heard the other day that 17 families, 17 families, that's all that have said, yeah, we'll go to upstate New York. Let's see. We have Times Square. We have all the fun things in New York. You got the Broadway shows. You got the this. Or you could go up to erie or you know uh, go to you know the main city buffalo you could go to some other place don't you think all the glitzy lights and all the other things says i think i'll stay in new york city and that's what's happening they don't want to go there they want to stay in new york new york because if you can make it here you can make it anywhere so what do you think about that well here is eric adams this is the mayor and last week Boy, uh angry residents came after him. I mean, everywhere he goes now, they are so frustrated. Listen.
5: Over a year, I've been calling for residents like
3: you. I've been saying over and over again, this is going to come to your communities. We need to be united together to stop this. They I've been saying that be for over a year. This should not be coming to Bell Rose. We'll tell Biden
5: to stop it. Tell your president,
3: president. to
2: Tell your president to close the border. That should be the first thing, as opposed to saying we need more money so we can have more of them here. What is it going to look like a year from now? Are you going to recognize New York City, or is it going to be 10 cities everywhere? Central Park is next? Schools? I mean, what's next? one eight hundred eight 848 Let's go to Tom. Line two. Tom, your thoughts about all this?
5: Where do you, Where is Chuck the wimp Schumer? He's got that big mouth. He Went to the Supreme Court, marched around on all those big statements, and he's nowhere. He's in a bunker. He's following Biden's thing. Hide, hide, hide. Yeah, you're right. The mayor's
10: out in public. Yeah, by the way,
5: I agree
2: with you. You're right. He is ducking and hiding. You know, Tom, you bring up a superb point. And and I have said this about the mayor. I'm glad that at least he's voicing frustration and anger. uh, And the White House doesn't like that. Uh, can you imagine if he's really said, hey, listen, close the border? You know, your policies created this. They're not even happy that he's asking for money. But you're right. Chuck has been silent as far as I know, Tom.
5: Yeah, and he's the guy that always on those Sundays would have those sound bites on the latest thing that's going on. and He's going to fix things. He is buddies with Biden. You see him together all the time. And he is responsible For what the hell is going on
2: and you know what tom he's and he sees what's happening in new york we all do you can't miss it there are migrants everywhere this is his state a great point let's go to jacqueline jacqueline line one real quick jacqueline your thoughts
6: rita they should send the migrants next stop forest hills to sam's house yonka's to teddy's house and i figured out why teddy can't understand what i explained to him A bear's brain is only one-third the size of a
2: human's brain. (laughs) Jacqueline, you made me laugh.
0: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.